Hello there. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 26 of the Still Becoming Podcast. I'm super excited to introduce you today to Hannah Conway. You are going to love our conversation. Hannah is a speaker, a women's ministry director, a podcast host, a social media and marketing communications coordinator, and she's the author of a brand new book, a six-week devotional for teen girls titled, In Case You Forget. Hannah is also a military wife, mama, former teacher, dog lover, and roots for the Kentucky Wildcats. Most days, she can be caught with a cup of coffee in hand. She and her family live near Nashville, Tennessee. Now, a little bit about Hannah's book before we get going. It is a devotional, as I said, for teen girls, and it addresses their identity in Christ. This is an important issue, and Hannah covers it beautifully and biblically. Even if you do not have a teen girl in your life, this book is an important read because it's a universal teaching to all women, all of us, about who we are and whose we are. And hang on to the end too, because as promised, in every episode, I'm asking every guest, and Hannah at 40 years old was no exception, where are the blessings and struggles in growing older? Hannah's insight into that subject will be a blessing to you. Concerns and struggles about next seasons are not limited only to women in my age group. I so look forward to bringing this entire conversation to you with Hannah Conway. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, welcome, Hannah Conway. Thank you for coming on to the Still Becoming podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laura. It is it is a joy to be here. So I've already introduced you to my audience in the intro, but tell us a little bit more about you. What do you want us to know about you? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I live in Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm not too far from Nashville, about 45 minutes or so. I am a women's ministry director and a communications director at a church and full-time vocational ministry. I'm a a wife. Um, my hubby used to be in the military, so I'm military wife. We have three kids, which is crazy. They're all growing up. I have a 20-year-old and a son who's 18 and in basic training. He graduates next week, so we're excited about that. And then our youngest daughter is 13. So um, I write, I speak, I teach the Bible when I'm able, and that's that's me. <laughs> wow. That's a full plate. It's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm telling you, God is good. And I just kind of do the next thing he puts in front of me and want to do it with excellence. 
Well, you have written a brand new book, which I've read, and it is a gorgeous book. I can't show it because we're not showing the video to this um, recording, but it's called In Case You Forget, and it's a devotional for teen girls. It's a hardcover, beautifully designed book, and what's inside is beautiful as well. So tell us about why you came up with the title, In Case You Forget, what the premise of your devotional is, and the format of the book. Tell us yeah. about it. So this is my first devotional that I've that I've had with BH Publishing or with Lifeway. And I was so excited to get the opportunity to do that. It was definitely a dream come true. And the cover is, it is truly it's so beautiful. It's everything that I it's more than what I could have imagined. And so the title, in case you forget, is kind of in my head pictured the, you know, girls, my daughters, just girls that I get to minister to journeying through life and kind of carrying the suitcase. And what are some reminders that I would want them to put in that suitcase and unpack and look at and repack and unpack and, and just continue to take with them throughout their life. And so in my head, that's really what I pictured was things that they would continue, continuously need to remember because we forget so easy life gets crazy circumstances change. There's highs and lows and we often forget what God says about us and who he is and who we are. And so I really wanted to have kind of this quaint little cute spot <laughs> that mm-hmm. packed truths, like hardcore truths, even though it's cute, <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is like, it's just a, a wonderful place to hold these truths for these girls to go back over and over and over and remember who they are, who God says that they are. And so it's, it is a Devo format or a devotion format. It has a scripture and then tells you a truth about whose you are, you belong to God and what he says about you. And then a, usually a fun little story to go with that. But then there's options to dive deeper, which I love. I, I really want to get girls into God's word. God's word is life and we need it. We need a daily steady diet of God's word. And so there's Amen. opportunities for them to dive into the word a little deeper, some application. There's some little areas that can write notes. And so that's the format. It's simple. So whether you've got five minutes or an hour, you can make it work for you and your schedule. I would agree with you. This is a cute book. I just, I'm looking at the flowers on the front. There's forget-me-nots on it. Yeah, of course. I love that. And then it's got little violas, which are my favorite. But it is not, the inside is meaty and it doesn't fool around. So it's a cute (laughs) book, but it's not cute content. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. It's, right. it's funny. It's like, um, it's my husband's, he's like, it's kind of like you, like you're short and sweet, but you can pack a punch. <laughs> there you go. And it does, it does. But in a gentle way, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. I love that you start out like right out of the gate, establishing that you are made in God's image. That's right. And not only are you created in God's image, but everybody else is yes. too. Yes. It's I mean, so... that is so important. It is so important. And it's, it's funny. It's funny that we're talking about this right now. I just had this conversation with my daughter who she's 13 and we were talking about some people in her life that she's, she's having a hard time getting along with. And so I told her, I said, okay, her name's Willa. I said, Willa girl. So I'm going to tell you something that I do. And I know it sounds silly, but I'm going to tell you this is what I do. Sometimes when I'm having a hard time getting along with someone, or there's someone that I don't quite like, or they've mm-hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. I look at them. And I say, they're made in God's image. Mm. And I, and I repeat it to myself over and over. And she said, you do that mom. And I'm like, yeah, I said, I'm 40 years old and I still do that. And, and I I'm reminded that they are made in God's image, not just me. And so they are worthy of respect 
and my love and my kindness. And I'm going to choose to do that whether or not I feel like it. <laughs> and whether or not they know they're, they're created by God. That's right. That's absolutely right. So yes, <laughs> yes. yes, it's so important. And you know, being a girl, we were talking a little bit before we hit play. A lot of our great, great faith foundation fathers had some beliefs about women that were not accurate. They, they taught that women were basically undercooked men or <laughs> they were evil. Like just, there were some really bad beliefs about women. And so it really isn't that long ago. I mean, even there are some people that would argue that, oh, women aren't even made in the image of God. They, they would argue yeah. that. Well. And the truth is we are. And so from the get-go, we need to establish that the, the girls need to hear this. The guys need to hear this. We all need to hear this, that every person ever created was made in the image of God and worthy of our respect and dignity and honor and love, whether or not we agree with them or not. Right. So true. And all through the days of your devotional, you are establishing biblical truth over and over and over again. You, you talk about sin and forgiveness. I mean, you go there. Well, you go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really amazing and it's beautiful. So I want, what is the, it's going to be hard to answer this, I know, but what is the main takeaway oh. <laughs> that you would like young girls to have when they read your book? Ultimately, I, I don't want them to think of themselves as much as they think about God. Like I, I want them to think mm. about God more and they think about themselves. So I want them like when, when they read these truths about who God says that they are, I want them to fall more in love with God and see him. And so when they're able, when they're looking at him and they know who he is and what he's like, and that he is good and faithful and merciful and slow to anger and compassionate and all the things that he is, that they believe they can trust him more. And so they, be, they can believe him when he says, made in my image, that you're my daughter, that you're an heir, that you're royal, that you're gifted, that you're pursued, like that they just come to trust him more. Like that's my goal. Like, yes, it's great to know who you are, right? What God says about you, but ultimately it's about God. So I want them absolutely to get God. That's what I want. Absolutely. Because that's, what's going to sustain them. That's right. Over the long haul. That's right. And, and, you know, when they're going back to the book, cause I hope they do revisit the book. I don't want it to just be a one-time read. I want them to go back throughout their life and share it with others. I don't want them just to say, who am I? I want them to say, who are you, God? And learn something about God, by what he tells them about who they are, right? Yes. How yes. good is he to want us? How good is he to pursue us, to make us in his image, to save us, to forgive us, to give us gifts? Like, how good is he that he would do that for us? And I want them to see that more than they see themselves. I feel like you've accomplished that in this devotional. I really do. I just can't say enough about it. I have in mind as I was reading it, so many of my listeners who are middle school and high school moms of daughters, uh, friends at my church. I shared with you that we have, you know, middle school mom ministry at our church. And I know that this subject of identity is keeping people up at night. It is. It is. It's terrible. It, it truly <laughs> is. And, and I would even say it's like pandemic levels. It's, um, when we're talking about rates of anxiety, of depression, even suicide, our kids are struggling. But what we're talking about when we're talking about anxiety and depression, yes, there are medical things involved here. Like I, I won't even deny that, of course. 
but mm-hmm. we are struggling. If we don't know whose we are, if we don't know who we are, we are going to struggle with anxiety, with depression, because you're asking questions. You're asking foundational questions of who am I? Where do I belong? What's my purpose? And these are questions that I truly believe we're meant to ask. God yes. designed us to ask these questions. It's just, we're searching and we're not asking the right place, right? We're asking social media. We're asking our friends. We're asking what everyone else says. We're looking in all these places except for, for God. And so who does he say that I am? What purpose has he given me? And he says that from the get-go, like from Genesis. He's like, I created everything. I'm creator. <laughs> I created you in my image and I created you for a purpose. And that purpose is to be fruitful and multiply, right? And so we look at that in the New Testament. Well, that's the Great Commission. It's to multiply disciples. So it's reflecting that Genesis command. So we have all the questions that we're asking, he's answering. And and we just need to make sure that we're asking the one who created us. I mean, that just makes sense. I'm going to go to the person who created me. What did you create me for? What is my purpose? What do you want me to do? Who do you say that I am? And I'm going to listen to those answers. And I'm going to ask him to help me to drown out all the other things. Right. Um, yes. And, you know, we were talking before we hit play too about, you know, gender and gender confusion. And, and that's not what this episode is all about, but it's related. It's related yes. to identity. And even when we're talking about gender or transgender, or male and female or binary or non-binary, like, here's the deal. I know that I'm female. God made me that way. He made male and female. But even those that are struggling with that, he loves them. He loves them and he wants to speak truth to them. And they are more than their gender. They are so much more than that. And so for them to, for for people who are are struggling with that, I feel like that that there's there's some hope there of I'm Mm -hmm. not just my gender. So if I'm struggling with my identity, my sexual identity or, or gender, I'm more than that. So I feel like that's hopeful that they can go to God and say, God, I'm struggling with this who do you say I am? And so I'd really encourage those that are struggling with that to go to God seeking those answers and not what everyone else is saying around yes, them. Yes, I totally to agree with you. Who loves you and created you and that is God. You know, you're reminding me of a memory from, I don't think I've remembered this for decades, but I remember as a young girl, clearly in middle school, we called it junior high in the dark Mm -hmm. ages. And um, (laughs) I had, you know, I had the white four poster bed and the pink bedspread. I remember me laying there and looking at the ceiling and saying, who am I, God? Who am I? I I mean, I'd ask that question more than once. And I'm so grateful I knew him Mm -hmm. because I'm really grateful I knew him. And and I was asking him, I didn't certainly have the challenges that teens have today, but he has the answer. And and we know it in our soul. We know it because we're created for him by him. And we know it in our soul. And I believe that, well, we talked about this before we hit record too, that, that God has bubbled up among women who are teachers, speakers, authors, podcasters. Uh, we've noticed across the country that this identity, who you are as God's female creation, mm-hmm. keeps coming up over and over again. It does. So he's doing a work. He's coming in for the rescue. <laughs> he's coming in, you know, to, he knows that we're struggling and that we're, that some of us are scared and some of us aren't sleeping and some are confused. And that gives courage. And that's what these girls need too. Right. To, they to, do. Yes. They need encouragement. 
And sometimes we can, as parents, and I know this, like you see your, your child struggling. Um, our son, when he was in, in middle school, struggled with and some anxiety and depression. And it was so hard to watch him struggle with that. We were a military family. I know he was, he was processing living that life as a military child and watching his daddy go through wars and come back different. Like there's just a lot of factors at play, but watching my son struggle and feeling very much like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, but it, it was an identity issue as well. Like, who are you, right? Let's talk about whose you are. Let's talk about who God is. And we've got him, we, we were able to get him some great Christian counseling and work through that and give, give him some truths to hold on to. And so it's funny, even though this book was written for girls, I share these truths with him. I'm like, this is who God says you are too. And yes. this is what, and hold on to it. Like, I know this is what you're feeling. You're going to choose to believe this. You're going to choose to step into what God says. Right. And yes, it's been beautiful to watch that boy grow and hold on to those truths. And now, you know, as he he's going through basic training and something really hard, like where he's struggling, he's like, okay, I am right. more than a conqueror. I am. <laughs> I can do all things. Right? I can do all things. Right? <laughs> he's holding on to these, these truths because we do, we, we, you know, God even says, Jesus says, we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from Christ. And, you know, I, someone who's listening, I don't want to hear, I don't want them to hear me say, you know, that I'm dismissing anxiety or depression. I'm not, uh, we have been through PTSD. We have like, we, we understand that there is a time to seek help, to get medical attention. Like we have done this as a family, but I do want them to hear me say, God needs to be involved in this. You have to know who you are. So in addition to getting that help, whether that's counseling, medication, a combination it is also in God's word because it's living and active and we need it. Right. So why wouldn't we want to put in that truth to help us as we process anxiety, depression, our identity, whatever it is that we're processing. That's so good. And my listeners know that I'm a big fan and a recipient of excellent therapy, including trauma therapy over the years. My book is the result of five years of treatment for body image, the dieting mindset, and an unhealthy relationship with food. And twisted in there was trauma and grief and other things as well. So, and I a hundred percent agree with you that they say psychology reveals, but Jesus heals. You can't mm -hmm. have one without the other. That's I mean, beautiful. it doesn't I love that. Isn't that good? I, I don't it's know who good. said it. It wasn't me. I can't take credit <laughs> for it. But that's, I mean, I give full credit to the people who worked with me, but I know without a doubt, it was the good Lord who healed me. There's just no other way. Yes. And, and I know what he was saying and doing in my life during that time. And all of this goes back to identity. It does. I mean, you know, I gained a hundred pounds when I was 11. You want to talk about having an identity problem? I mean, you mm -hmm. know, we, we struggle from the time we're little until God takes us home with one thing or another. But at the core of it, yeah. It's foundationally. Who I am. That's right. And it, it's foundationally who I am, whose I am, and it's God. And so really it's like when I'm looking at him, when I'm learning about him, he's going to help me figure out, he's going to help reveal who I am. Right. And he's going to help me reveal, like reveal my next steps. He, he's just going to help me go through life. And so we sometimes go to God's word. We go asking, who am I? But what we get is God. And we go looking for answers and we get God. And so I like when I'm teaching the Bible, when I'm working with my women in ministry and students, I, I say, we, we need to kind of switch our little lenses here of when we go to the Bible, we need to go to the Bible to get God. 
first. Amen. Go to get God. We read it to learn about him and he will help us with the answers, help guide us in the process because he just, it's just who he is. He's just good, yes. right? Yes. So go to the Bible and say, what does this teach me about God? Instead of what does this teach me about me? What does this teach me about God? And then you will learn. He will teach you the other stuff. And how wonderful to learn this as a young woman. Right, right. Instead of being like 40 years old. And oh. like, what? Like the, oh yeah. So I remember learning. I just remember reading the Bible topically, like growing up and being like, okay, I'm struggling with this issue. So I'm going to go read the Bible and find the answer for that. But that's not how we're designed. Like that's not how the Bible is designed. The Bible is one story from beginning to end, telling one story about God. It's not about us. And so when we go to it, we need to look at it at that lens of this is about God. And what am I going to learn about him? And I want to learn more about him than I want to learn about me. No, no, no. And once I learn about him, then I learn about me. About me. That's right. You just, you do it. So and I know that, you know, as we grow and develop, there's, you know, certain processes where we're egocentric, where we're more about ourselves, but just to be aware of, okay, at some point, go to the Bible to get God and not to get help for yourself. I mean, right. It's not a self-help book. That's right. It's about God and then it's he about- will help you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, girlfriends, Christmas is only a few weeks away. Can you believe it? And I'm here to help. Have no fear. Laura's Christmas gift guide is here. Say goodbye to all the gift hunting stress. I've done a lot of the work for you already. Perfect for the women in your life, grandkids, ministry teams, hostess gifts, and stocking stuffers. And there's even a full page devoted just to you. You need some cozy things to keep you centered and calm and in the right frame of mind as you do all the things to make Christmas special for your family. I've got you covered, and I've also included some fun ways to keep Jesus in the center of it all. So go to my website, www.laura-acunia.com, click on the gift guide tab, and the free gift guide will immediately download onto your computer, and you can take a look. You can also check the link in the show notes. Unwrap Christmas joy and save your sanity with Laura's Christmas gift guide. Merry Christmas. So let's talk a little bit about moms and how this book, this book is written for girls, teen girls, but (laughs) how do you envision this being a helpful tool for, for, for their mothers who clearly are concerned I mean, just raising kids are concerned. You just live concerned. So, yes. <laughs> so yes. that changes those concerns. It doesn't change. end when they grow up. <laughs> no, I'm learning. I thought, yeah. oh, they're 18. I'm good. No, it's no. not true. It's not no, true. No. It's not true. No. So the first thing I would say is for our the mamas that are picking this up for their daughters, my hope, honestly, is that the mamas know whose they are and who they are. And what I have found in ministering to women is many do not. They don't know. I have met women who are young and in college. They don't know who they are. I've met young married women. They don't know who they are in Christ. Women who are 50, 60, 70, they just, they don't know. And there's no, I'm not shaming them. There's no shame in that. It's just, they need to know. They they (laughs) absolutely need to know for so many reasons. So I would say first, mama, (laughs) I'd like for you to know whose you are and uh, who you are, who God says that you are. And then you're able to bring, to teach that to your daughter. I see moms doing this with their daughters. 
life group leaders at our church or Sunday school leaders or Bible study leaders are doing this with the ladies, with the students, all ages. And so that is beautiful. I see that as a good tool, but I want this to, to be something that equips the mom and the daughter and that the daughter will pass that on. So very Titus two imagery in my head here, the yes. older women teaching the younger women. And, and it just continues on because what we're talking about here is so foundational, right? We, we it is. And we've missed it. We have. We yeah. have. There's been incorrect teaching. Yeah. Oh, about, absolutely. You know, the help meet and the helper thing. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I grew up thinking, I don't want that for myself. Like I, I was so convinced that it meant I would have an apron on and a wooden spoon right. in my hand and walk your steps behind. That's right. 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 And that's not what it means. No. Why don't you tell us what it means? Yeah. So God's first two words, which is, this is something that I don't even get to really talk about specifically, but the God's first two words about woman is Ezra Connecto. Connecto mm-hmm. or Azer Connecto. And it means helper suitable. And so the teaching on that and our, and I will speak for how I grew up, the teaching on helper, what that meant was a subservient role, that it was like a secretary or a sandwich maker, or, you know, your help is nice, but not necessary. And that is so far from what is true. And so the truth is God's first two words about woman, not only did he make us in his image, but he called us, he gave us a verb, what we're to show up and be like and do like, and it means helper suitable. And so the word helper actually is a word that God calls himself. Yes. And anytime he uses it, he's using it um, on behalf of warring and rescuing Israel. He is their Ezer. He is their Azer, right? He's helping, rescuing, strengthening Israel in a way that they cannot do without him, right? So our verb as a woman, not just as a wife, but as a woman, as a girl in every relationship is to, you come alongside man and you aid, help, strengthen, equip in a way, rescue even mm-hmm. that, that they cannot do for themselves. And so this mission is side by side. It is equal. It is not below. It is not subservient. It is side by side. And then connecto is a word. It's a, it's called a hypoxylagomena. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That means it's only found one time in scripture. So it's like this unicorn word, right? And so because it's only found one time in scripture, scholars had to go to outside writings to figure out what does this word mean? And so what they discovered was connecto has a, uh, kind of the spirit of face-to-face. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to ask you tough questions. I'm not going to let you go just whatever way you want to go. And so um, Ezra Connecto, helper suitable, the first word God calls himself. The second word is only found one time in scripture. So that's really cool. And so it carries this idea of side-by-side and face-to-face with man, not just in marriage, but in every relationship you're father, son, grandchild, nephew, coworker, like any relationship, you are Ezra Connecto. You are side by side, face to face. And it's so beautiful. And so I was 37 before I learned that. And I make sure any woman that I come in contact with, I'm like, do you know what God says about you? That you are an Ezra Connecto and this is what it means. It is not subservient. It is not beneath. It is side by side and face to face. And we were both given a mission and we were both made in God's image, and we will both rule together with Jesus. Like, what is that? (laughs) We will rule together, (laughs) right? So there is none of this 
there, there's no like girl. (laughs) It's so exciting. It is so exciting. And it's great news because it's something that I I learned when I was 37 and I grew up in church, right? I I was much older than you. And I grew up in church. I've never not gone to church. Right. right. Like, yes, much older than you just grew up. And so I'm like, man, we have to know this, right? Because the way that I have grown up, even when I felt a call to ministry, I was like, I don't know what that could be because I don't see any other girls in ministry. What is that? What is it? And so I have met, I had met some women who were missionaries and I thought, well, maybe I can be a missionary. And and then a, a man had told me I could be a pastor's wife. And so I was like, okay, I could be a pastor's wife and missionaries. That's what you want, Lord. <laughs> and well. no, and I wish I would have known then that the great commission was for me too, that I was an Ezra Connecto, that I had a mission that was side by side and face to face. And I was made in God's image. And I was of equal value because here I am a middle school girl feeling a call to ministry thinking there's no other girls here. I can't, I must be less than, you know, what comes to my mind about this too, is that this identity, like you said, it's not referring to marriage. And so, so many women over the years felt if they were unmarried, divorced, widowed, that they weren't full women, right? They weren't full women because they didn't have someone to help. And right. they didn't have a husband to help. So like they were missing half of themselves. That's right. And what this says is that regardless of your status, regardless of your age, regardless of where whether you have a husband or not, you are a full woman. That's right. Equipped to serve God. And as you so eloquently said, it's in every relationship with man as well. So this means that when your husband dies, as many of my listeners are, are widows, when your husband dies or he leaves, you are still you. That's your, right. Your identity does not change. You are still you. And, and you know, that that's something that I'm learning as I age is through the different seasons of my life. Those are just seasons or characteristics about who I am, but who I am like foundationally is who God says that I am. Just recently with the kids getting older and one moving out, one joining the military, I'm finding my, I will say, well, who am I now that my kids are getting older or <laughs> who mm-hmm. am I? who am I now as if my identity is wrapped up in that. And even some of the women at our church um, recently who've retired, they are struggling. Who am I? Where do I belong now? Where am I? Ne- I'm not needed. Where am I needed? And, and so that, that is an identity thing. And so when I hear myself asking that question and I hear them, I'm like, ah, I'm putting my identity in my role as a mom or my role as a military wife, or, you know, I used to be a teacher. Uh, I, that's not, who I am. That's what I did or what I'm doing or something about me. So I have to go back and say, all right, God, I'm yours. And what do you say? Who do you say I am? And these things are my foundation. That's They're unchanging. They're That's unchanging. Right. They're unchanging. They are steady. And even, you know, the women at our group, they have, we have a widow's group at our church. <laughs> these women, oh my gosh, they are amazing. Mm. They are the most incredible women ever. And I love their outlook. One of them in particular, she said, you know, I, I was stinking thinking. <laughs> I sat around and I was stinking thinking <laughs> and she was feeling sorry for herself. She didn't want to admit she was a widow, just really struggling in that, but decided God wasn't done with her yet. And mm-hmm. so she, she has started a ministry at church with widows and they go and they meet and they serve together in the community. They've adopted families for the holidays. They, they are the most going women I have ever met in my life. They are incredible. Um, and I love that because yes, they miss their husband. Yes. yes. They miss that they're, you know, some of them weren't able to have children. And so they literally are by themselves 
but they are so full of joy because they know whose they are and they know what God says about them. And they have to remind themselves, right? Because they do get in these moments that are, that are difficult, challenging, especially with the holidays, you know, coming up. But I think it's good for us to remind ourselves foundationally things that are unchanging. This is who I am because God says so. And I'm going to go with the man who created everything, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. It also impacts what others say about us. If you're in a divorce and you had a husband who was belittling you and, and, you know, said things to you that deeply hurt, that doesn't take away the hurt and that's real. But at some point in order to go on, we have to be able to regroup just as, as you described with your widows, that my days are not over. That's right. And God still has days for me ahead. And so I need to get straight that I am a full functioning woman. Yes. Yes. Yes, regardless absolutely. of the craziness going on around me and what's happened. That's right. Um, regardless so, of that. Yes. Um, yes. I've recently been reading a book called Nobody's Mother. Oh. I don't think of the, the author right now, a historian, fabulous, fabulous. And it's about Artemis of Ephesians, which is so interesting. And so she tackles, she, she shares her own journey of wanting to be a mother and a stay-at-home mom but unable to have children. And so I believe she had eight miscarriages. And the last mm. one, she was like, I'm obviously not going, like, this isn't going to happen for me. But she had been taught the verse about a woman will be saved through childbearing. Uh, it's super confusing to like everyone. She had right. been taught that this was a woman's role to get married, to have children, to teach the children. And so all of a sudden she was like, she had an identity crisis. Who yes. am I? What does God say? And so she discovers that that's not what that verse is talking about. God says, I am his and, and I am a fully functioning woman. But she does this beautiful research like of Artemis, goddess of the Ephesians, is beautiful research and talks about what this verse probably is, is really talking about based on archaeology and historical text. And wow. oh my gosh, it was incredible. So I love that too, that God put her on this journey, this identity journey that has led her to uncover some amazing truths that have helped clarify the scripture for women. It's amazing. That's amazing. That is amazing. Wow. I've written that down. I'll put, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. It is so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you opened the door to aging. I know you're 40 and from my perspective, (laughs) you're a child, but no, what you said and what you've opened the door for is what I'm asking everyone this season is where are the struggles and where are the blessings in growing older? Cause you've experienced losses already. We all do. And that's part of it. Uh, Oh gosh. I would say (laughs) wisdom is a blessing of growing older. I, one of the joys that I'm experiencing right now, even though my son, he's in basic training, he's away. When I'm able to talk with him or when he writes me a letter, he asks for advice. And that's so neat, right? Like, um, yes, mothering him, raising him. I would tell him (laughs) I would mother, I would do the thing. Right. And now he's, coming back, seeking help. And I'm able to point him to God and scriptures specifically, right? Like I'm able, that's been a blessing to be able to pour that into. And I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't been in the word all of these years, right? Like if I hadn't been following and and trying to to follow the best of my ability. So I I love that. Another blessing. This is super, (laughs) it's so weird to be this age and to be able to hang out with some of the college young professional women who are in their early twenties. And I'm like, I literally could be your mom. <laughs> I remember being this age 
but I love hanging out with them and they, they love hanging out with me. And so that's been neat to have this. I'm like at a mentor age. That's weird. It is weird. I know. I remember when I first realized that. It's the strangest (laughs) thing. And they call me Miss Hannah. (laughs) I'm like, so strange. So I love that part of aging too. So I think just that giving back, walking along with other women, with my own children, that has been beautiful. Something that's difficult has been seeing my parents age Mm. that, you know, we lost my granny in 2020. That was very difficult. But watching my parents age has been hard. You just don't think about your parents getting older, but it makes me think too, like, I think of heaven more often, I think as I age and I find that to be beautiful and comforting to know that, okay, I'm going to lose my parents, but they're not gone. They will live forever and I will see them again. Like I get teary eyed thinking about it. So I, I think that is, um, that is hard, but it's also so comforting because I know what's waiting, right? The older you get and you start facing these very real losses that are inevitable, right? Your identity in Christ, again, is at the foundation. Right. And I've lost both my parents in the past eight years. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, there I was again, like the little girl on the bed. Who am I? What am I? People were using the word matriarch (laughs) to me. You're like, like, wait a minute. I'm like, you know, I did not like that at all, you know, right. but it is, it, it's, and, and in your younger years, uh, as you go through all these other losses and changes, God is preparing you to be able to stand on your feet when those bigger losses come and to remember who he is and who you are in him. Cause again, I'm not a daughter anymore. It, you know, I'm not, I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. There's the homestead's gone. The, the, the place yeah. we all went. So uh, I know my listeners are really are, are nodding their head with that, especially the older ones, because yeah. we can look back and see where God has been, where we've been faithful and have imperfectly followed him all these years yeah. Yeah. He has prepared us for what's next. And so once you get through that, then there's other losses that are coming. I'm like, I told you earlier, I'm 65 yeah. and, you know, I'm staring down the barrel of quite a few. And, um, and, and yet I, I'm like you, I think of heaven more. I, it matters a whole lot more to me. It does. Right? It does my life being intentional matters because it's it's just not about me, right? It's I look at I'm like there are so many people in this world that do not know Christ, and while I I would love like I or I would truly love to tell you I'm like I, I wish hell was not a reality. I wish it wasn't real. I wish everyone went to heaven. Like I right. want that to yes. be true. Yes. I hope that's true. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if we look at God's word and we believe what he says, the reality is hell is real, but we weren't meant for that. We weren't meant for that. Like he doesn't want that for us. And so how dare I live in a way that would keep someone out of heaven, that would keep God from him? How dare I not like tell others with my words in the way that I live? Like it just gives your life, like just more intention, I guess. Absolutely. It's important. It's very important because it's not just about me. It's about everyone else that are also made in God's image that that he loves. Right. And that brings us back from right from the beginning where we started, where you established in the front of your book that these young women, all of us are made in God's image. And by the way, so is every person you encounter. I'm so happy you put that in there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I really am because we do live in a me culture we do. and you're, and you're reminding them. And it's not just on that day of the book, you're reminding them all through the book that you have a dual message in my head. One is this, you are a precious, beloved, created child who's here for a purpose. And it's not a should thing. You don't have to conform to all the things the world wants you to be all those, all that perfection and everything. But at the same time, you're a light. You're a light to the to the mission that's field right. God has you in right now. And that's not a shaming thing. That's not a get your act together. Right. Thing. It's just realize it. Right. You just, just be are. aware of it. Yes. You are influencing whether for better or for worse. You, you really yes. are. And something else that, that I, I want the girls to know too, and anyone who picks it up, any believer, is that we are such a me culture, but we are a we, right? We forget that it's the body of Christ. Amen. It's not Thank just you for saying me, that, right? It's the body. And to just keep in mind, anytime, anytime someone in the body is hurting, whether they're in your denomination or not, we should be aware of other Christians, of our influence, of caring for one another across denominations. And so if it's hurting or harming my brother or sister, I'm going to care about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm going to care about it. I'm going to help. If it's another part of the body that's celebrating, we want to join in on that, right? Mm-hmm. So we are, we are very much a we in our culture and we forget that. So it's so important that we are meeting together, that we we are worshiping together, that we are doing life together. We need that encouragement. Um, how I live impacts other believers around me. It just, it just does. So we have to keep that in mind that we are not an island. We are not meant to live alone. And even my husband, who's very much an introvert, introverts are in this too, right? Like God honors that too. We're not asking you to be crazy extroverts like I am, but you are part of the body and and we have to act like it. Yes. We can't do it alone. There's no way we can't. All right. Well, tell us where we can find you and where we can find your beautiful book. Oh gosh. Okay. So you can hang out with me, hannahrconway.com and on social media, I'm on Instagram most. So you can find me. It's like hannahrconway.author on Facebook as well. But, um, I do love connecting more on Instagram. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I know it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun. Happier place. (laughs) It is a happier place, right? The fun pictures. It's just happy. And then uh, my books, you can grab them literally wherever books are sold. If you have a local bookstore, you can actually ask them to carry it and they will order that for you. Amazon, Lifeway.com, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Yeah. And I'll have all that in the show notes as well. Thank you. So will you pray for us? Absolutely. Father, I thank you for this time that I've had with Laura. Thank you for being who you are, a God that we can trust that you are kind and compassionate and slow to anger and merciful and just faithful. God, you've defined us and told us who we are. And so uh, for those that are listening that they don't know who they are or, or really who maybe even you are, who you say that you are, that they they would go get them, Lord, bring them home, teach them about you and what what you say about them. God, we ask for your healing for so many that are struggling with identity and anxiety and depression and just help, help us, Lord, help us love each other well. And we love you and ask that you bless the listeners. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're new to the Still Becoming podcast, we always end with a journaling prompt called Soul Fitness, Strengthening Your Core. And we're talking about your spiritual core. We need that to be strong, to hold us upright 
as we walk through the various seasons of life. So taking out your journal, I want you to write down the name Azer Konegdo. I want you to recall what Hannah said about those two beautiful names that God called woman when he created her. And I want you to reflect on what that means to you in your life. Was that a surprise? Did you not know this before? And even if this is something that you have understood, can you elaborate on that? How does it apply to the season of life you're in right now? And now I'll pray. Father, I join with Hannah in praying for the women who are listening to this episode today. And I ask that you bring a blessing onto their households, their lives, their hearts, their souls, and Lord, that you would bring clarity to them about who they are and whose they are. Lord, go into all the places of confusion and misunderstanding and bring your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thank you so much for stopping by for episode 26 of the Still Becoming podcast. And I want to thank you. Over the past several episodes, a number of you have answered my plea and have kindly followed the podcast or subscribed, depending on where you're listening, and also have left me five-star reviews. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have your support in that way. It truly helps expand the reach, bringing this life-giving message to women who need it most. Listeners, are the way the word gets out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And also thank you for telling your friends. I know that word of mouth has been one of the most important ways that this message has grown and gone out to more and more people, honestly, all around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And while I'm thanking you, thank you also to those of you who responded to the Cyber Tuesday plea, another plea to support the production of the Still Becoming podcast by buying me a coffee. It's an affordable and kind of cute way to support um, the production costs that I have each week for each episode. And you've been very generous and I truly thank you. If you would like to join in and buy me a coffee, the link is in the show notes. And speaking of show notes, you'll also find everything you need to know to follow Hannah, to find her book, to listen to her podcast and to follow her on Instagram. And of course, all of my links are there as well. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming Podcast.